listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Today's going to be great, as you saw it in the uh, title. Now listen, Dad has a brand new book that's getting ready to be released on the gifts of the Spirit. This is the first of what four, uh, four volumes that you're going to be releasing on the gifts of the Spirit. Is that correct? Four volumes? Well, I think so. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But if I get more inspiration, there'll be volume five, maybe six, seven, Vo- and eight. You never know. Volume 24. <laughs> but this first sort of like one. like the Rocky movies. They just keep they coming. They keep coming, like the Rambo movies as well. Uh, the first one is entitled, The Camels Are Coming. And it's an introduction to the gifts of the Spirit. You're not going to want to miss this as it uh, gets ready. It's really, we're very close to it being available for purchase. But... Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the, um, like the Star Wars saga. It's exactly right. Just keep on dropping them until people stop watching. Uh, But talking about the gift of faith, you saw in the title we put five steps uh, to reach the next level. Uh, Steph and I, if you search Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. on any podcast platform, you'll find it. You'll see a handsome face. Preaching, there it is on the lower third. You can see it. Uh, And there you can get it anywhere, any podcast platform, and you can listen. We update it Monday through Friday with new podcasts. Hello, Norman. Norman's in New Brunswick. Yes, he is. We're still praying for him. (laughs) We're believing for his deliverance. (laughs) I'm not a pastor. Neither is he. Yep. He said, except Brother Ted Sr.'s sagas get better and better. That's right. Scott Gump, what's up? You should send him something free. Thanks, Nicholas. Yeah, absolutely. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Winona. So if you haven't done so yet, take a minute, share the broadcast. Yesterday we were talking about, um, we kind of referenced the gift of faith kind of quickly, dealing with the miracle ministry, but you were talking about watching uh, Brother Shambach preach by the gift of faith. Mm-hmm. For people that don't really understand that, what does it look like? What does it feel like? And what are the manifestations when somebody like preaches by the gift of faith? I've known a lot of ministers over the years. And uh, Brother Shambach uh, was known as a great man of faith. Like Smith Wigglesworth, you could say he was like an apostle of faith. And he would use his faith when the spirit would come on him. God would give him that gift, special faith. Like, for example, one time he was in Newark. He had rented the Jewish Y and was preaching in it. And the Lord gave him faith one night when he's done preaching this building is yours. So he said, thank you, Jesus. He claimed it. Came back the next day and there was a for sale sign in front of the building that he had leased for three months. So he takes the sign out of the grass, throws it in his car and drives down to the real estate agent. Feaster and Feaster was the name of the agents. 
Irish guys. That's Jewish. But anyhow, <laughs> feaster and feaster. Well, he goes in and he throws the sign on the guy's desk. And the guy said, where'd you get this? He said, uh, he told him, he said, oh, you're the preacher that's leasing that building. Well, it's for sale. Brother Shambach said, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Oh, the real estate agent, he said, I didn't know. Well, how much do you want to offer? Brother Shambach said, I paused a minute, prayed in my spirit. And he said, the figure $50,000 came up. So he said to the real estate agent, $50,000. The agent said, I know you're crazy. That building's worth, in those days, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. He said, you're the agent? Feaster said, yeah. He said, call the owner. Well, the owner was North Carolina Mutual down in North Carolina. And he, Shambach laid a $5 bill down on the man's desk said, I'll pay for the long distance call. So the guy calls and he hears the real estate agent say, I'm sorry. Um, I just thought I'd go through the switchboard. Sorry to bother you. Look, you know that building you got in Newark? This is the real estate agent talking to someone on the other side of the phone. He said, I got a crazy preacher standing here. He says he wants to buy it. And he offered us 50000 for it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And then the real estate agent goes, what? Huh? Okay. Yes, sir. He hangs up and looks at Brother Shambach and said, you're not so crazy, are you? They were having a meeting of the North Carolina Mutual, and they were looking to write off some things for their taxes. And so the president, the phone call, instead of going through the switchboard, went right into the boardroom, and the president himself took the call. When the real estate agent acted on what Brother Shambach faith had activated the president of North Carolina Mutual sold the building to Brother Shambach for $50,000. Wow. The part I didn't tell you was he walked around the building mm -hmm. the night before. You see, we walk by faith and not by sight. That's just the faith that we're to operate in. Mm -hmm. But when he got special faith to buy the building, that's the gift of faith. And you track Brother Shambach's ministry as I have done, you'll see from day one, he always operated in the gift of faith. And what one can do, everybody can do. What God does for one, God will do for everyone. That includes you. And so today, I would like to show you, as my son and I minister to you, how you can yield to the Spirit and receive these wonderful gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to get started. Ted? Yeah. You know, I was wondering, you know, you see... Obviously, 
You know, there are um, many gifts in the body. Paul taught that. There's all different kinds of uh, operations that uh, God's placed in the body of Christ. We have, everybody's not supposed to be the same in, in, in some respect, you know what I mean? We all have a unique purpose, unique gift. Our mission, our end goal uh, is the same. We wanna see souls saved. We wanna see people make it to heaven. Um, you know, we wanna see the body of Christ perfected, built up. God gave gifts unto men to see that happen. But um, everybody doesn't minister in the same way. We understand that. But the question that I would, uh, I think people would, would be interested to hear is, how can you tell or the function? What's the difference between, of course, you'll have teaching. We know there's teaching. Jesus did that. Then there's preaching. Of course, there's exhortation, encouragement, things like that. How can you identify when it's being done by the gift of faith? And, you know, is there teaching by the gift of faith? Is there, there is preaching by the gift of faith, exhortation. How can you identify when that's taking place? Well, first of all, the gift of faith, we find the teaching for this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul said, now concerning spiritual gifts. In my Bible, the word gifts is italicized. Because in the original language that 1 Corinthians was written in, where it says now concerning, instead of spiritual gifts, it was the word spirituals. And the Greek word is pneumo, air, God breathed, tikos, things. Things that are breathed or released by God's breath. Or power. Now, then Paul begins to list nine different gifts of the Spirit. I saw a man wrote a book in California years ago, 101 Gifts of the Spirit. In my opinion, he made up, <laughs> he made up most of them. There's only nine that the Bible speaks of and maybe a tenth gift. And I don't know if we do it this week or next, but I'm just telling you, God has already ordained these gifts to work for you. Now we read about these gifts, son. The Bible says there are diversities or divisions of the gifts. They fall into three categories. The gifts that help us to think like God, the gifts that help us to act like God, and the gifts that help us to speak like God. Are you listening to me? So there are divisions. And it's beautiful how the nine gifts fall into these three diversities or divisions. And each of the divisions has three gifts. Three of the gifts help us to think like God. Three of the gifts help us to act like God. And three of the gifts help us to speak like the Lord. Bless his name. Hallelujah. Glory. I feel the anointing on this. Now, Paul then lists them. The first gift he lists is the word of wisdom. Well, we wouldn't say if someone operates in wisdom that it's the word of wisdom because there is natural wisdom. You can go to school and get wisdom. 
But that wisdom only lasts the lifetime of the individual. Then when you get to heaven, it's done. The gifts of the Spirit are perpetual. They are always available in every generation to every believer at any given moment. Now, I'm not going to go into all nine gifts. Let's talk about the gift of faith. You heard what Ted said. My son said, how does that gift of faith operate? Does it operate? He asked the question in teaching. I believe he said it operates in preaching, so forth. In other words, we need to understand the operation of the gift is different than the administration of the gift. So when we think of the administration of the gift of faith, that would be how it manifests to meet that particular or given need in your life. But when we're talking about the operation of the gifts, as Paul does here in 1 Corinthians 12, we're talking about the identification of which gift is needed to accomplish that purpose of meeting the need. Someone said, when Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, desire spiritual gifts and then covet earnestly the best gift, I've been asked, and I'm sure you have too, son, what is the best gift? I think Brother Hagin's answer was classic. He says, it's the one you need at that moment. <laughs> the best gift is the one that you need at that moment. When it comes to the gift of faith or special faith of the nine gifts of the spirit, the gift of faith that operates at that moment, and I'll show you in scripture um, in a moment what I'm talking about. The gift of faith, it operates at that moment. Two words come to my mind instantaneously, immediately special faith. Now in the body of Christ, there was not much teaching on the gifts until about World War I. And there was an Englishman by the name of Howard Carter who was put into prison because he wouldn't fight in World War I. He was a conscientious objector. It went against his spirit to kill people. When he was locked away in that dark, damp prison. In his cell, the water incessantly would drop from the ceiling onto the pipe and run down and hit him in his face until he said, it almost drove me mad. Howard Carter writes in his book, Questions and Answers on the Gifts of the Spirit. He says, when he was laying there praying, battling for his mind, the wonderful Spirit of God began to anoint him and he heard God say to him, God said, I'm going to teach you about the gifts of the Spirit. Oh, Brother Carter, immediately that anointing lifted that heaviness off his mind. And the first gift I'm going to teach you, the Holy Spirit said to him, is the gift of faith. Right now, if you'll speak to that water to flow the other way, in other words, to go up the pipe, 
go the other way. He said, it'll do it. And he said, suddenly a faith to pray what seemed to be a crazy but simple prayer. Lord, I commend that water to go the other way. When he did, he saw the water that was running down stop on the pipe and then begin to turn and go up the pipe and back up the ceiling. And that was the first time that Howard Carter had an understanding what the gift of faith was. The gift of faith is the Spirit of God giving you at a particular moment because of a particular need the ability to believe God for the miraculous. Special faith, the gift of faith. And so that is the operation of the gift. But my son's question goes to the administration of the gift. And in the Bible, I would say, son, there's four ways that the gift of faith comes and can operate. One, and you think about this, when Daniel was in the lion's den, the Lord gave him faith. And I'm not going to go back over this because of time, but watch the program again and take notes. But just keep your spirit open right now to the Holy Spirit, Brother Isaiah and everybody. We love you. But the Spirit of the Lord manifests all of these gifts. The Bible says, son, in 1 Corinthians 12, that these gifts, they operate severally as the Spirit wills. But the manifestation of the Spirit, these things are manifest, is given to profit every man, every woman with all. Thank you, son. So what you need to understand is there's a difference, Ted, between operation, which speaks to which gift is needed at the moment, and administration, how you take that gift, whether it be tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of faith can be administered or the administration differently. So Daniel prayed in the lion's den. Now, something activated his faith, and these seven of these gifts operate in the Old Testament. Something activated Daniel's faith. And the Bible says God sends an angel and he shuts the mouths of the lions. A crisis. Then in the book of Acts, the apostle Paul was being taken to Rome and a storm comes up. Eurachlodon. Now before the storm came, Paul, by a word of knowledge, and I believe to a certain extent, Ted, a word of wisdom, because it spoke to the future. He said, don't loose the boat. Don't go here from Crete. He perceived that there was going to be great loss of life. You remember the story. They go ahead and leave anyhow. They get in this storm, Eurachlodon, and everybody feared for their life. Paul goes down into the hold of the ship. 
And the Bible says he's praying, he's fasting. And after long absence, the angel of the Lord appears to him. Now notice with Daniel, an angel came. With Paul, an angel came. So one of the ways that the gift of faith can be administered is by the working of angels, by the Holy Spirit. In other words, they can't do anything, but they are sent forth, angels are, as ministering spirits unto them that are the heirs of salvation. In other words, there's some things in the kingdom that belong to you. You're an heir and a joint heir with Christ. Glory to God. And so the Holy Spirit, if he's going to bring all of heaven's angelic horde to help you, he'll do it. But the gift of faith in Daniel's case and in Paul's case saw a manifestation of an angel. And the Bible says, after long abstinence, the angel of the Lord says to him, Paul, everything's going to be all right. There's not going to be any loss of life. Completely different than what was said to Paul in Crete by the Spirit. Did God change his mind? No. God sits in eternity. But you can see this. Prayer, and in Paul's case, coupled with fasting, can change your circumstance and not only that, make you open to the operation of the gifts of the Spirit that will aid us or profit with all. No matter where you are in your life, you need the gifts of the Spirit. And of all the nine gifts, the gift of faith is the one gift that is for you. The others can flow through us, but the gift of faith operates in you personally. Glory to God. And so Paul comes up and said, there'll be no loss of life. And I like this verse. I've preached it for years. And so they all, A-double-L, they all escaped to land, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship. Hallelujah. God can even use broken things in your life to bring you to a place of safety. So we could say in a broad sense, son, the gift of faith provides supernatural peace in the time of crisis, especially in the story of Daniel and Paul, this area of the operation of angels. The second way the gift of faith operates is in personal prayer. Now, if you have your Bible, look with me to the gospel of John, the sixth chapter, John chapter six. Jesus is ministering by the Sea of Galilee. It was also called the Sea of Tiberias, John six. A great multitude follows him. It even tells us why they followed him. They followed him because the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. They saw his miracles or the working of miracles. 
Now, Jesus said concerning this operation, the works that I do, my father doeth them in him. So whatever Jesus did, Jesus said, and these same works shall you do because I go to my father. So it's like Ted, the handing off of a baton. Mm -hmm. The spirit of God gives Jesus this ability and Jesus gives the glory back to his father. But then to the disciples that followed him to this day, he says, and these same works that I do, you shall do. And then he says, and even greater works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Woo! Now, someone said that doesn't mean greater than the miracles of Jesus. Well, I'll guarantee you there's some things Jesus never did that believers have done. I don't read anywhere other than the implication of the leper who was made whole or restored and possibly the leprosy ate away parts of his body and returns and gives Jesus thanks. When he does, he gets restored. Mm -hmm. But when Brother Shambach was in Moscow preaching in that Olympic auditorium, a woman came and all of her fingers were blown off by a mine, uh, a landmine in uh, World War II. She was an older woman, had no fingers. And Brother Shambach prayed for her. She goes on. She comes back the next night to testify and has four brand new fingers. <laughs> God grew fingers on. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. So praying. I believe the gift of faith opened the door or special faith for that Russian woman for God to give her a creative miracle. Hello, Brother Bill Motley. I, you know, I love Brother Bill. Mm -hmm. Amen. So the thing is this, ladies and gentlemen, the gift of faith not only operates through angelic assistance, but the second way it can operate is through praying, praying. Well, in John chapter six, this multitude follows him. And now he's faced with the challenge. I got to feed the crowd. But notice first verse three goes up on the mountain. He sits with his disciples. And when he's there, how do I want to say this? A t I, I got it. A test of faith activates the gift of faith. You, you, you know what I'm talking about here? Mm -hmm. He sees the multitude. They got to eat. Jesus goes up on the mountain to pray, to rest. And suddenly, and we'll read this, he knows what to do. When you pray and you're confronted with a crisis... When you pray and you're confronted with some kind of a crisis, at that moment, the precious spirit of Almighty God will give you faith to deal with that crisis. So I've said this for years. The gift of faith gives you supernatural peace in the time of crisis. I'll tell you this story, son. Mm -hmm. You may already know it. I don't know if you do or not. Years ago, I was on a major network preaching, and we were getting 
150 calls or more a week. In the first half hour, we were on that network. Now, I could tell you other ministers that were on it, and I knew for a fact some of them were getting 30, maybe 40 calls in that half hour. We were mm -hmm. getting 150. That was a good network for us. Well, I'm in Canada at Tim Gibbs' church with my son. We're doing the camp meeting that we usually do every year. Right now, camp Canada's under communistic control, but I'm believing God to set them free <laughs> because I don't think Canada is a good communist nation. But anyhow, hello, Kingston, Jamaica. Used to live there. So I get a call from Eric Smith. He's my media guy that buys the time for me on stations all over the world. So, Phil, set the Canadians free. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I'll never forget this. Eric said, such and such a network is dropping you. It was my best network, Ted. Mm -hmm. My best one. And I said, what? I said, so we got four weeks. Because every contract I sign, there's a four-week out for me. And they have a four-week out. That gives you time to, you know, do what you got to do. They weren't even going to honor the four weeks. Hmm. Two weeks, ten days, actually, I'm off. I'm with you, and you were preaching the morning service. I get the call, and I'll never forget it. A peace came over me. A peace came over me. Well, Brother Eric said, what are you going to do, Brother Ted? I said, find me two networks, come up in my spirit, two other networks, and get me the best time on those two networks. Now, this is going into the summer. I got canceled in May. May is sweeps month when everybody's watching. I don't have time to advertise or build up that I'm switching. I just got dropped. Well, Eric calls me back. He said, you know what? That one network you mentioned, they were wanting you to come on, and they gave you a good time. I said, buy it. Then the other network, oh, we're glad to have Brother Shuttlesworth. They, they knew me. I didn't know them. So the Lord led me perfectly. And when those 10 days was up, I was on twice as many networks. Two. <laughs> I've been on that one. Now, Never one time during that crisis did I feel any anger. Did I feel upset? Did I feel like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? No. God gave me special faith at that moment in a time of a crisis to believe him to preach on twice as many stations. Praise God. Amen. And I'm still on television to this day. I started my first radio broadcast. I did. Son was in um, 1981. And I went on television full time 2002. And I'm still on television all these years later. But if you look at the years of being on radio and television, where every week I edit, produce, 
do openings, closings, pray. From 81 to 21 is 40 years. I've been doing radio and television for 40 years. And never one week have I ever been off of either radio or television. And today I'm still on radio. I'm on one of the largest radio stations in North America, WWVA, every Sunday night, 10 o'clock at night. Goes into 17 states and four provinces of Canada. Now, <clears throat> this is God's truth. I never even think about how I'm going to pay for TV or radio. I never think about what I'm going to do. I just do it, and the Lord takes care of it. Sometimes that gift of faith, and this is where I wanted to go today, takes you into another level higher than what you're operating in now. And when God does it, because it's eternal, it's the spirit of God doing it, and God's eternal in his habitation, you never lose, you never lose that breakthrough unless you reject it or you do something to jeopardize it. Jesus, I believe it was a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. He goes up. The crowd is here. The victory is not on the mountaintop, friend. Your victory is in your valley. That's where the people are. That's where the needs are. And so Jesus, in John 6, sees the crowd, and he says to Philip, how are we going to buy bread for this whole crowd? Verse 5. So they can eat. Now look at verse 6. Read it in your, I like that. He's got the ESV. Read that verse 6. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. The gift of faith gives you the ability to believe before the miracle. Amen. Let me say that again. The gift of faith gives you the ability to believe before the miracle, the working of miracles. Now read that again. Listen to what my son's reading here. He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So he had previous knowledge before the miracle. So contained within the gift of faith is the ability to operate in the supernatural mm -hmm. before you need to operate in the supernatural. So you see how the gift of faith, even in Jesus, it prepares you. So we could say this third area, the gift of faith operates in speaking not only by angelic assistance, but the gift of faith, and not only by prayer, but by the speaking of it. How do we operate in saving faith, healing faith? Well, let's look at Romans a moment, Ted. I like Ted's um, English Standard Version. But go to, go to Romans chapter 8. And um, 
I wanted you to read, if you would. No, I don't have time for that. Let's go over to Romans 10. I'll get on the intercession maybe another time. Go to Romans 10 and read first the 17th verse, and then we'll back it up. Go ahead. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Say it again. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Now read verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 and 9. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. All right, let's stop there. So the word of faith that is to be spoken, it comes out of your mouth. And two of the basic principles for just saving faith, healing faith, is speaking and believing. Those are the two elements of how faith operates, speaking and believing. Now, if the gift of faith is special faith, then the principles of how general faith operates, those elements, to a certain extent, must be in the gift of faith. God's not rewriting the book. He's not reinventing the wheel. But special faith speaks of an instantaneous immediate release by the Spirit at that moment. Now, I'm going to have my son read that again, and also, if you would, verse 9, 8 and 9. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So salvation or saving faith comes by speaking and believing. Speaking and believing. Write it in the comments, everyone. This will help you to remember it because it's the foundation for faith. You start at salvation. You start at salvation. Speaking, type it in. Believing, type it in. Speaking, type it in. And believing. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't complicated. God has made this so simple that a child can receive it. Hey, Patty Lee's on. God bless her. Well, ladies and gentlemen, powering pastor's wife, my friend, Sister Rhonda, Grace. Oh, all the people are typing it in. Speaking and believing. Speaking and believing. Now, if I were the devil, I'm not the devil then I would try to mess up people's confession, Ted, and bring hindrances like we talked about yesterday to mess up their believing, unbelief, fear, all the things we talked about. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the gift of faith, as seen in John chapter 6, begin with what I call a pressure point. Have you ever felt like that you're in a place, perhaps it's a crisis. Ted, perhaps it's pressure. Doctor says you're going to die. The banker says you're going to lose your house. Your spouse says I'm going to leave you. Your children are messed up. This is a beautiful time for the gift of faith to operate. Ora socorianda da Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. 
Jesus already knew what he was going to do. The pressure's on. The crowd is there. The hunger is real. But I like this. Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Ted, the Spirit gave him that kind of faith. The Spirit gave him that kind of faith. And he said to Philip, where are we going to get the bread, the money, the ability to deal with the crowd? Now he said this to Philip, the Bible says, to prove him. God already knows what he can do. He wants you to understand what's in you and what you can do. And I'm telling you all things are possible to him or to her that believes. All things are possible to him or to her that believes. So Jesus spoke this. And if you look at it, Ted, it was a question. Where are we going to get the money to do all of this? How are we going to do it? But it says he already knew what he was going to do. Mm -hmm. So the first step in going to the next level in your faith is the test. It's the test. Genesis 22 and uh, verse 1, the Bible says how the Lord God did tempt or test Abraham. Now the word test there or tempt doesn't mean with sin. Now I can prove that. Go to James chapter 1. And in James chapter 1, uh, the Bible says, in James 1, if any man is tempted or tested by God, mm -hmm. let him not say that I am tempted by God, for God is neither tempted with evil or uses evil as a test, or does he tempt or test any man with it? Mm -hmm. That's in James 1. What is that? Verse 13, I think. So, verse 17, every good gift comes down from God. Yep. So in understanding the gift of faith, there's a test or a pressure that the Holy Spirit responds to it for you and in you at the moment you have need of that extra anointing. That's the only way I know to say it. A little bit of an extra anointing. Or as Steve Muncy says, extra, an extra anointing. Amen. Karinda, whoa, glory to God. The test of faith is wonderful. Why? Because you can pass the test. Have you ever been there, son, where you had something pressuring you, something coming against you? Absolutely. What did you do? You keep praying, speaking, confessing, believing. Keep what? Praying, speaking, confessing, believing. What? <laughs> what? You mean there's something we got to do? I thought God did it all. No, no, understand this. God will never force himself against your will. Now, if God would force himself against our will, and we know he's willing that none should perish but all come to repentance, then he'd force the whole world to get saved and we'd all be in heaven in the morning. Mm -hmm. No, you have a free will. You have a free will. And so the gift of faith can be activated by speaking, speaking it. Now, 
What are the different ways that you can speak? Well, the pattern and ministry of Jesus is found in Matthew 9. When the Bible says at the end of that chapter, he went into their cities and villages teaching, preaching, and healing the people. Now, two of those things are speaking. And healing is an action. And so the gift of faith can operate in teaching. And here Jesus was teaching Philip how to operate in a miracle of provision. And I'll finish with this, but while I'm on it, let me just say it. The will of God is the word of God revealed. Someone said, how do I know? Man, Ted, my whole ministry, people come up. Brother Shuttlesworth, I need to know the will of God for my life. You know what I always tell them? Same thing. Read your Bible. The word of God is the will of God revealed. The word of God is the will of God revealed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. The word of God is the will of God revealed. So the third area of operation of the gift of faith is this area of speaking. Now, when Jesus said this in John 9, excuse me, John 6, Philip answers him. He said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Anytime that the money is determining your life or ministry, then you need the gift of faith. Because the gift of faith doesn't look at your bank book. The gift of faith doesn't look at your checking account. The gift of faith doesn't even look at your savings account. The gift of faith sees the need and the test of faith, the pressure, produces the manifestation to believe God for whatever it is you're believing God for. Mm -hmm. Like I told you the story of Brother Schambach, he didn't have any of that money to get that YMCA there on Martin Luther King Drive in, in uh, Newark. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the week, excuse me, the month, he paid cash for that whole building and brought it into the kingdom of God into the ministry. You don't have to have money to do things for God, but you do have to have faith and it helps <laughs> if God will give you a special manifestation of the gift of faith, mm -hmm. the gift of faith. Now, for that to happen, we got to yield to the Holy Ghost. So then, after the pressure's on to feed the crowd, then we see what I call the next level, the growth of faith. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here. Oh, they go from a crowd to a lad. Mm-hmm. They go from thousands to one. The gift of faith causes you to get your eyes off of the pressure or the test 
And the gift of faith gets you to get your eyes on the answer or the solution. <laughs> Amen. There's a lad here. That's the growth of faith. Faith can grow. The disciples said in Luke's gospel to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Talking about natural faith that comes from salvation and walking with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Hora, Sheila Mandora Bakia. Now, I, I saw someone that's watching. I, I don't know if they still are. But they said a very nice thing about me. But I told them, I said, no, no, I'm not a good example. Really, Christ is our best example. Right. Sometimes, because of the human element, I don't say everything the Lord shows me. Not out of disobedience. I don't like to cause people problems. Maybe when I get older, I'll be more like Brother Sumron. Just tell it like it is. But a lot of times, we hold back because we do not want to do damage or hurt to the people that are believing. See, Brother Hagin used to say, don't expect people to be on your level of faith. Meet them where they're operating at. Right. He said, because their level might be greater than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Smart old guy. God bless him. You'll never hear me speak against any of the older preachers. Loved every one of them. Never knew some of them. Knew some of them. But we learn by those that have gone on before. Now, Peter, Peter said, Here's a lad. When the gift of faith begins to operate, another way that it operates, it gives you the vision for the miracle. And in this second level, or second step to go up, uh, how do I want to say this? Peter, his eyes are removed from the crowd, Ted, to a lad. Here's a lad. Here's a lad. The gift of faith, notice this, didn't go from Jesus to Philip. The gift of faith went from Jesus to Andy, Andrew. Brother Shambach, you say it this way. I preach by faith, and some of you got a shovel, and you say, that's for him, that's for her. He said, when you need it for yourself. Philip didn't get this revelation. The gift of faith went to Andrew. I'm very much aware, Teddy, and I believe this. I believe that at this stage of my life, God has given me spiritual sons, Spiritual daughters. A father can have more than just boys. He can have girls. And so that, that's very, uh, very important. To pass on. Not pass out or to die, but to, to, to give to those that follow what you have. You can't give what you don't have. And unfortunately, in the modern day church, son, Many have not pressed in. Mm -hmm. 
to yield to the Spirit of God, bless the name of Jesus, and to yield to the Holy Ghost for the gifts to operate. In my first volume of my new book on the gifts of the Spirit, there is a passage in there that the gifts not only bring heaven to us, but the gifts are going to take us to heaven. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Amen. We can have heaven on earth and someday we'll stand in his presence. Now, one of the things, son, I got to get this in here, was the inability of the disciples, and in particular, Philip, just because you have a weakness in you, whatever it may be, maybe you're being judged in your mind, maybe it's your flesh, maybe it's a spiritual problem, just because you have that inability does not mean that God cannot use you. The older I get, the more I realize that he's everything, and really, to be honest with you, I'm nothing. But my confession is, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ, who what? Strengthens, Strengthens me. Mm -hmm. Strengthens me. Last week, when I was casting devils out of people and their deaf ears came open and the woman who had been crippled all those years took off running and dancing. Mm -hmm. Ah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But then I go home and like the prophet, I'm under the tree and I'm saying, woe is me. It doesn't mean I failed God. Your flesh, your flesh wars against the Spirit. Mm -hmm. All of these nine gifts of the Spirit are gifts of the Spirit. Yep. But you got to get your flesh under. Somehow, Brother Murray, Andrew picked up on this. Here's a lad. He went from the crowd to a single individual. And the Bible says he's got five barley loaves, Two small fishes. But here is this area of what some call limiting God. He says, but what are they among so many? See, he can see the potential. The gift of faith operates in a visionary ability to see what can happen by the working of miracles here. But sometimes... Any limit that you're feeling is your flesh warring against the spirit. Your flesh, my flesh, warring against the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, lift your hands right where you're listening to this. I feel the power of God getting stronger. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Yes. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Vision, see. So the gift of faith gives you the ability to see by the Spirit the miracle. See, it's special faith. 
Howard Carter saw the water go back up the pipe. The gift of faith anointed his eyes to see the miracle. To see the miracle. Now, someone said fasting and prayer. I don't personally believe that you can... Um, let's ask this to Ted. Ted just wrote a great book, The Biblical Guide and Answers to Fasting and Prayer. Do you believe that you can fast and pray and increase... And I'm asking this even though I may already believe it, but I want him to give you some of his recent study. Increase any of these gifts, and in particular the gift of faith? Well, the, the gifts of the Spirit are resident in any believer that's filled with the Spirit, who filled is the, the Spirit. giver of the gifts. It doesn't give you uh, more gifts, and it doesn't give you more Holy Spirit. It just limits your flesh, which is really the filter that keeps you from releasing the anointing. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've been teaching, and right, of course we wrote in the book, is that we all have the same anointing. It's the Holy Ghost. He is the anointing. Mm. But not everybody is in the position to release the anointing in the same way. Because the, the, the flesh, as my father just quoted from Galatians chapter 5, five. verse 17, the flesh is at war or resist the spirit. So to the degree that you can crucify your flesh, you can release the anointing. And Paul's I'll tell you something along with that. I used to be 362 pounds. I'm close to 200 now. I lost about 160 pounds. I've noticed the more weight I get off, the stronger the anointing operates. Yeah, I mean, one of, <laughs> one of the things you the realize... The actual flesh. Yeah, the, the actual problem. flesh. And Paul said that he had to do it on a daily basis. You know, you look at Jesus had to do it on a daily basis. He would get up early before the dawn, go out and pray. His flesh didn't want to get up before the dawn. You know, in Luke 6, he prayed all through the night. His flesh didn't want to pray all through the night. But you can see that consecration is truly one of the aspects that allows you to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, here's an interesting thought. Luke 4, 1 the Bible says, now this is after Jesus' baptism in the Jordan River by John. Luke 4.1 says, after he got filled with the Holy Ghost, he was led by the Spirit. And the Bible says that he was full of the Holy Ghost, led full of the Spirit into the wilderness, full of the Holy Ghost. But look at the verbiage. After, after. 40 days of prayer and fasting, right. he returned in the power, power of the Spirit. Yeah. So you can see, obviously, as E.M. Bounds, the Methodist minister that was an author, he coined the term, no prayer, no power, little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power. In fact, Jesus pointed it out to his disciples. Reason you can't cast out this level of demon, you don't pray enough. Because this kind only comes out by fasting and prayer or more modern translations by prayer. So to answer our friend's question, yes, prayer and fasting allow you to release the anointing. Allow you to release the anointing that if you're filled with the spirit, is already in you. And it may even speak to what Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift that's on the inside of you mm -hmm. that you receive by the laying on of my hands. Now, once you get this vision, the next area, and that'll make your faith grow, it's what I call the rest of faith. We're talking about going to the next level. 
once they caught the vision of how this gift would operate to take care of the multitude, then Jesus said, make the men sit down. Mm -hmm. That's a position of rest. So you have what I call the test of faith, the pressure that releases the gift. Secondly, you have this area of the growth of faith, the vision of it. Then thirdly, the rest of faith. Did I ever tell you about the three cycles God talked to me about, minister? Did I ever tell you about them? I think I've heard you talk about it, yeah. Well, there are three cycles, my friends, that you will deal with, whether you're a man, woman, in ministry, a believer. The f I call it a cycle. And I believe the gifts of the Spirit operate in these three regions. And so the cycle is the rest of faith, which is what we're talking about now, make the men sit down, the rest of faith. Then, after that, comes the breakthrough in your life. And then after the breakthrough, you gotta resist the devil. So those are the three cycles in every believer's life, in my opinion. Now, the rest of faith, that's where you pray and fast to answer our dear friend that asked that question. You're, you're resting. God's doing the work. The miracle's on the way. The breakthrough's on the way. Then comes the breakthrough. David inquired of the Lord, should I go up? And the Lord said, go up! Because God never will pull you down. Glory to God. Then when you get the breakthrough, the devil's going to counterattack and come back and try to steal it from you. He's a thief. And that's why the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, if you're resting when you should be resisting, the devil will overcome you. You've got to understand where you're at in the cycle of God. For your life. If you're resting when you should be resisting, you'll be overcome. If you're resisting when you should be resting, you'll break down because now you're doing it in your own flesh. Are you listening to me? So if you're in the wrong season, there are certain Bible laws that govern these three areas. And you need to know where you're at personally in the season of your life. I've preached this sermon so many times my son could quote it. The season of your faith. The season of your faith. Where are you at? If you're trying to get a breakthrough when you should be resting, then you'll break down because now you're doing it in your own strength. The rest of faith brings a breakthrough, the breakthrough, then you got to resist the devil so he don't steal your gains and what you have received. And so the Bible speaks of the fact there remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. Everything I do if you know me, it's not I'm lazy. It's not that I'm not highly motivated. I've learned, I've trained my spirit to operate 
out of the spirit of rest. I've trained my spirit to operate out of the spirit of rest. And you can too. Now the gift of faith is a special customized gift God has made for you. From the rest of faith, then you come into the manifestation, the breakthrough. Jesus takes the loaves. He gives thanks. He distributes them to the disciples. They in turn give it to the crowd. And when they were filled, the Bible says, he says to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. I could take a whole day and talk about that nothing be lost. God requires us to be stewards. Your fruit must remain. The gift of faith can give you great spiritual breakthroughs. But what will you do with what God gives you from that breakthrough? Do you know I still have the first microphone I ever bought? It probably doesn't even work. I still got it in a case. Why? Because I've always been one of these guys. I may need it someday. Do you know I still have my first Bose sound system that I paid $800 for? <laughs> and they use it when they do the street ministry and also the youth group uses it. Still got it. And if I do give something away, I don't sell it. If God has given me faith and in particular, usually the gift of faith to get something into the ministry. Why would you charge another brother or sister money for what you've already used your faith for to bring it into the kingdom? So I always give stuff away. If I can't use it, I give it away. But the reason I kept the mic, it was my first mic. The reason I kept the sound system, it was my first sound system. The reason I kept my typewriter, that's an ancient a machine that they use to transcribe messages onto paper, <laughs> typewriter. I bought it in upstate New York, Cortland, New York, and uh, I still have it. It's brown. I turned it on the other day. It's electric. It still buzzes. Amen. I don't know what the fire is coming out of it, but it's still going. I carried that all over America in the trunk of my car. Well, God gave it to me. I don't waste it. When God gives me a car, I wash it, I wax it, I clean the tires, I vacuum it. I was with an, uh, uh, if I told you it was, you'd know it. I was with a minister in California. I went to get in his car and it looked like a traveling garbage heap. Hamburger wrappers, milkshake things, all kinds of junk. He said, here, Brother Ted, you can sit here. I looked at the seat to make sure there was no bugs. You know what that told me about him? He was unclean. He was unclean. Because what you are in you comes out. Mm -hmm. What's inside comes out. Later he had a couple of issues. Some which I would call major. And I knew it. I told my wife. I said, uh, and then we went to Long Island. I preached for another preacher. Got in their car. It was the twin to the car in California. <laughs> and then I get to the church to preach for this person. And they got a transvestite playing the bass guitar. 
And I said, Pastor, it doesn't take much of the gift of spirit. No, that person's got a problem. When you see a man with a full beard in a woman's dress, there's a problem. <laughs> and the person said to me, well, I'm trying to help him. You want to help him? Tell him to put on a pair of pants and shave. Are you listening to me? Unless they're in the Scottish military. <laughs> I don't know if they're even in the military. I'm just saying, what's in you eventually will come out of you. <laughs> what is in you will eventually come out of you. And so for the gift of faith to operate, you must have, Ted, you must have this area of the manifestation or the power of it. It was so strong, Jesus said, gather up the fragments that nothing be lost. The gift of faith, like all the gifts, because it comes from the Holy Spirit, it has more than enough for the need. What happened? The gift of faith has more than enough for the need. And I started this by saying, the best gift is the one you need at that moment. Mm -hmm. But whatever gift the Holy Spirit releases through you, it'll be more than enough. And as I said, I still have things from the early days of my ministry. One time I had my one of my first tents up, and uh, this missionary from Liberia, his first name was Richard. I come over there in the afternoon, he's walking around the tent. I knew what he was doing. He was claiming that tent <laughs> for his ministry. I said, Brother Richard, you need a tent in Liberia? Oh, yes. How did you know? I said, I can tell when someone's walking around my stuff claiming it. <laughs> well, I, a tent like this, Brother Ted. I said, no. Since you walked around this tent, when this meeting's over and the tent comes down, I'm going to give you the tent. What, he says, you're going to do that? He says, I can't believe it. I said, then obviously it wasn't your faith. It must be my faith. Because <laughs> if you could believe it, you'd understand you're going to get it. But God gave me right then, Ted, the gift of faith that he's going to give me another tent bigger. Because in that meeting, I had all my chairs up and some I borrowed from a church and I got pictures of it. You've seen them. It's in my book, 40 Years of Marriage and Ministry. I mean, back then, we had seven, 800 people jammed under that tent. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was Oral Roberts and Billy Graham all rolled into one. This lady come up to me in that meeting. Her first name was Sue. i never forget it. She says, she says, I knew your father. She said, you act like your father? Said, uh, you sing like Brother Swagger. And she said, uh, you preach like Brother Shambach. <laughs> I said, you know what you just given me, dear lady? Sue said, what? I said, you're giving me a complex. I don't know who I am now. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, when the gift of faith is in operation, you get it, a part of the nature, and especially whoever you sit under, a measure the seed that's in itself that yields after its own kind, that seed, the gift of faith, gets in you. I tell people, and I'm not ashamed to say it, a lot of what I do, I received 
by working right by the side of Brother Schambach all those 10 years from 1993 when he asked me to come in and actually asked me in the 80s, but I didn't feel to go then. But from 93 to 2003, those 10 years that he allowed me the privilege, and I thank God for Brother Schambach and Sister Schambach every day, his sons Bob and Bruce and his daughter Donna. What a wonderful family. You never hear me speak against these people or anybody. Why? Because part of it's in you. Some of you, after today, a part of this operation will be in you. But you're the one that will increase it. Because the same principle, when the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith, these gifts can increase in you by the doing of it. And so the manifestation, the next level, the fourth level, this power of faith came so that there was so much, Jesus said, gather up the fragments. And the last level of this is the provision of faith. The Bible says in verse 13 that when they gathered them together, it filled 12 baskets, one for each of the disciples. And the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle, the gift of faith gives you the vision for the miracle. Uh, how do I want to say this? As I'm sitting here right now in this studio, that God gave my son the faith to get. He didn't get that faith on his own. He says it this way, but it's a good thing to remind all of us. He says, my father's ceiling is my floor. In other words, I'm going to start where dad left off. Brother Shambach said that to me in Washington, D.C., outside the tent before we went into the closing night service. He said, this is where God has brought me. But he said, and right next to it, where the tent was, was RFK mm -hmm. Stadium there. He said, but I can see someday you'll, you'll be preaching in outdoor stadiums and on the field. Prophesied it. I go down to Tampa, and Rodney hired Brown, starts prophesying Teddy. And word for word, what Brother Schambach had said to me several years before, in the summer of 1999, Rodney says back to me in the spring of 2009. Ten years. I didn't say, wait a minute, Lord, you already told me that. Brother Schambach told me. I don't need Brother Rodney to tell me. No, I did. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. And this gift of faith has provision in it. And sometimes God will give somebody else a gift of faith to pray for you, to believe with you, to release their faith for you, over you. But contained within that gift is what I call the provision of the gift of faith. 
The provision means the manifestation has come to pass and the gift of faith has produced exactly what the Holy Spirit of God knew that you needed and whatever you needed, there's always going to be more than enough. The gift of faith is expansive. It grows. You're going to have more than enough. Some of you, people are going to think you have a printing press in your basement. You're going to have so much money. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But the gift of faith takes you to the next level of your living. What was the title you called this one? Five Steps to the Next Level. And there they are. If I were you folks, I'd go back and I'd listen to this again. Very basic. This is a part of my second book that I'm working on, on the power gifts. I call that book Good, Better, and Best. Good, Better, and Best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. My father used to say that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, let me just say this, son. We got some things to do as the body of Christ. Satan is trying to bring bondage to the nations. Right. It's going to take a gift of faith, a gift of faith to release the third great awakening. We got to get the vision for it. We got to pray it in. We got to speak it in. We got to see it manifest so that it's more than enough. We have people in our government right here in the United States of America. They're communists. I went to high school. I remember the definitions of what a communist is, a socialist is. Folks, I never thought I'd see the day, but these weasels are in power, some of them. Well, I could badmouth them. I could mention their names, or I can pray for them. Pray for them that have rule over you. When I see how Canada so quickly has turned into a communist state, just that quick. Now the Canadian people say, oh no, you're, you're wrong, Brother Ted. No, I'm not. They don't have freedom. I told you about the pastor yesterday that got arrested. My preacher friend in Canada texted me this morning and said, they told him, if you won't preach anymore, we'll let you out of prison. He said, I'll stay in prison. This is what it's come to. And I believe the only thing, the only thing that's going to turn America around, Canada around, the nations of the world around, right now we need this gift of faith in the body of Christ. We need it. We need to yield to it. I'm not talking about denominationalism. Why do you think we're in this mess? Because the denominational churches that don't have enough power to blow the fuzz off of Georgia Peach. They just don't know the spirit. That's why we're in this mess. Because of barren pulpits. Pulpits that don't declare the word. Services where we don't allow the spirit of God to move. But my cry is, let's have a Holy Ghost revival. Let's have a move of God. Let's just keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Karinda, robo shilaha. Shout until your voice is hoarse again. Run till your legs won't work. I mean, we need to have church. 
We need to praise him in the dance. We need to praise him on the instruments. We need to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We need to give God glory. We need to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting unto God. Hallelujah. You need to get your pocketbook open. Some of you are so tight, the little man on the dime cries when you hold him. The beaver on the nickel in Canada is weeping. You're tight. No, you got to get in that area of the flow. You got to get in that area of giving. Hallelujah. Shouting, singing, praising God. Oh, hallelujah. Get with it is what the Holy Ghost is saying. Get with it is what the Spirit would say under the church. We don't have much time, but it's time for revival. It's time for a move of God. I'm going to say this, son, and if I get in trouble, you can throw me out. Amen. <laughs> when is the last time you took and gave your whole week's paycheck, emptied out your checking account, or gave a significant offering to a minister until it hurt? Well, first of all, if you've ever done it, then you got more coming back. This woman came to Brother Shambach, gave him $600. He, he knew her. She didn't have a job. He said, what's this for, little sister? She said, that's my tithe on my income. I didn't think you worked. No, but she said, I need $6,000 a year. And so I took out of my savings, 600. It's all I had. And I'm believing God for a job. She came back the next week. This was in that church in Newark, by the way. And she said, Brother Shambach, praise the Lord. I got the job. Praise God, sister. And he stayed there three, four months. And at the end of the fourth month, she come up, gave him $1,200. He said, what's this? She said, I need a raise. <laughs> I need a raise. Glory to God. And I want you to understand the gift of faith can work through your giving. And today, I'm going to challenge you to do something you've never done. I call it giving an offering of faith. You want to operate in the things of the Spirit? You want to get in revival? Then let the little man go free that's crying on the dime. Let the beaver go on the nickel. And begin to operate in the gift of faith in your giving. So, son, today, the Lord spoke this to me this morning. We're going to receive an offering of faith. You can't buy the gifts. You can't buy the anointing. But I'm going to pray, and we're not going to do this long. And whoever responds, the Lord assured me that this so-called great reset where they're messing with the money, if you'll sow today in this offering, an offering of faith, God will undo the plans of evil men against your money, your finances, your job, but you gotta, you got to catch the vision like Andrew. Forget the multitude of debt. Forget the multitude that represents whatever is negative to you and see the lad that speaks of provision. Father, as I come to this part of this teaching, I challenge these men and women and even young boys and girls that are watching, I challenge them to give you an offering of faith to push the gospel forward around our world. 
for the work of the ministry. And in particular, I stand with my son who is expanding on television, all that he's doing. And these people, these people right now have an opportunity to give a gift and offering of faith that will undo the great reset that the nations are talking about. Secretary of Treasury Yellen and so many others. Boris Johnson in the United Kingdom. All these sellouts that are trying to put people in bondage. Let them do like Nancy. She gave 300. This is a power. Folks, I'm just telling you. The Lord has brought us to this place. And I pray a blessing that you will never lose your job. That you will never lose your money. That you'll increase and prosper. And the plans of evil men will be undone. And do like Jillian, if you're on Facebook, hashtag, no space, donate, whatever amount God tells you that to you is significant. Now, if you give, if you give, if you give what you know you can give, there's no faith in it. No faith in that. You know you can do it. An offering of faith is when you give God something more than what you think you can. Leslie, go back in and type in, the hashtag, and then, yeah, yeah, donate in the five. See, I didn't even have to tell you, Leslie's smarter than a whip. Amen. Whatever that means. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't know how long we're still going to be on, but there's an anointing. Thank you, Angela. There's an anointing to undo the great reset. I believe that. I believe that. I believe it. God is undoing things. And, Teddy, I pray upon you. Give me the wide shot. Mr. Director, Mrs. Director, whoever you are. Son, I pray, and I believe this, that I received an impartation of the gift of faith Amen. from Brother Shambach. May that come in you and get stronger and stronger. Thank May you, it Lord. come on you and get stronger and stronger. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Hey, give me an update. How are you doing on television? I Wonderful. So we, we launched in... Um, of course, we're here, uh, West Palm Beach area, the South Florida area. Uh, they're already airing um, the broadcast throughout the Caribbean. Uh, how many weeks, Tiffany, now have they been airing the broadcast? Are we hitting a month yet? Yeah. When you say Caribbean, About a month. I need my sunglasses. Uh, and then starting in March now, we're hitting the entire continent of Africa. 80 million extra homes starting in March. And then also 18 million uh, more homes in the UK starting in the 1st of March. And uh, so just expanding. And then, of course, uh, the stations in the Philippines and in uh, Pakistan. So now, literally, we could easily say and conservatively that 150 million homes uh, have the potential to watch this program every single week. Uh, the powerful thing is the Lord gave us an idea to disciple people around the world. Of course, you know, Jesus told us to not make converts, but to make disciples of all men. And so we have a plan and we have it in place to uh, instantly be able to disciple people, no matter what nation that they receive Jesus in, they can within two clicks get to a place where we have digital resources to train them up and to uh, strengthen their faith, help them mature in Christ, um, no matter where they are. And so that so, gives you a second stream in your giving today because 
the Bible says Jesus gives wages to the reapers. Right. So if you're sowing into something that's winning souls, Christ has guaranteed to give you more money, wages for the reapers. Mm -hmm. And so I believe we're undoing the great reset by our giving this year. Every time I give, I say, the devil's not getting my money. The devil's not going to steal my blessing. Amen. I'm going to increase. I'm undoing the plans of evil men. Do it right now. Look at the people giving. I tell you, this is a, a moment. This is a moment for you to give God an offering of faith. I'm just Amen. telling you, it may not come again tomorrow, but the anointing is on it today because why, Ted? We spoke of the gift of faith. And you heard what he says. He's on television each month right through March, expansion into mm -hmm. television. Yep. I'm still on television after 40 years. But there has to come a time when you exchange the baton. And that's what's going on. God's raising up a new generation like you that says, Devil, you're not going to steal my money. You're not going to steal my blessing. I'm not letting the Chinese take over this thing. And that's basically who's behind a lot of this corruption right now. Hey, glory to God, I feel it. I felt the Holy Ghost say it's over. Glory to God. A lot of this mess that you've been having to deal with for one year, I see it in the spirit. It was from last year's Passover. This year's Passover is coming. This is a one-year thing. Oh, Katinda, Robo, I see it by the spirit. It's about done for this time or this season. But for the world, it'll get worse and worse. But for the church, it's over. And we read the scripture as it was in the days of Noah. Noah was in the ark for one year, but there was provision in the ark before they restored the earth. Therefore, after this one year, Passover to Passover, we're going to land on the mountain of victory and we're going to, ooh, kasalabaha, that's the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. By the Thank gift of faith. I say I have more than enough. Glory to Jesus. God. Name. Can you see that cow on the ark and Noah sharpening the blade? <laughs> We're down to the last food. It's time for steaks. <laughs> Boom. Boom. But the ark hits the mountain and the cow goes, glory to God. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's over. Amen. But what we need to do now is operate in the gift of faith. God has given us a window of blessing. A window of blessing. A window of blessing. Amen. Get your seed in right now. If you believed anything I preached, if anything I said stirred your faith, right now I'm going to encourage you to give God an offering of faith like so many already have. But I tell you, Ted, you're going to have more than enough when we're done and you gather up the fragments. Amen. You'll be on every television station and nation you're supposed to be on. And you, friend, will have raises in pay. Jobs, new jobs, better jobs, more than enough. Thank you, Stephanie. Mama, God bless you. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. When you said the Caribbean, I put my sunglasses on. I, <laughs> by faith, I feel it. Glory to God. <laughs> That's it. Thank you for every, every person that's sowing seed. We love you very much. And listen, here's what we're going to do to bless you. For every person that's sowing seed, that's standing with us in partnership as we're preaching around the world, uh, in this month of February, we're going to send you this book by Brother Kenneth Hagin, Understanding the Anointing, a powerful, powerful book. It's eye-opening. It'll help you. 
the anointing is a subject not taught on often anymore in the church, but this is something that'll help you extremely. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll help you. Of to, all his books, this is your favorite? In the top three for me. Yeah, it's a phenomenal book. I read it over and over. This is the, where he tells the story of Dad Smith dancing out in the mm -hmm. middle of the air. Yeah. While his daughter Inez played on the piano. Ooh, glory yeah. to God. Let's dance in the air again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have fr friends that read that book at the beginning of every year. I do. And refresh their uh, refresh and their spirit. I'm his friend. And all you got, if you want to grab that, miracleword.com forward slash offer. Miracleword.com forward slash offer so we know where to mail it. Daddy's reading it now. Yep. And uh, we'll get it to you ASAP. And of course, for those, all of you that are sewing uh, largely $1,000 or more, we're going to send you along with that the Life Application Study Bible, Genuine Leather, New Living Translation, one of my favorite new study tools, tons of uh, notes, commentary. It'll help you. Be a blessing to you. Thank you very much for everybody that's standing with us. We love and appreciate you so much. Thank you for uh, sowing those seeds. Thanks to my dad for being on. You need to watch these again and again. I have people, I just saw people writing in the comments. I'm going back to watch this again. And I saw Isaiah wrote, I'm going back to watch it with my wife. That's good. Continue to put it in your spirit. If you missed yesterday, four hindrances to the miracle ministry, you need to go back and watch it. It'll stir your faith. We have these that are available after the live. Uh, they go up later on the podcast. So if you want the audio version of it, go back and listen to it on the podcast. Keep on building your spirit. The word the Bible says is a seed. It's the seed of the word that builds your spirit. And there's a harvest that comes as you continue to put it uh, into your spirit. And as you continue to sow it into yourself, you know, what's interesting is that we are required. We have a responsibility to make ourselves good ground. If you understand the parable of the sower, the sower sowed the word on four types of ground. We're responsible to make ourselves or prepare ourselves as good ground. And so this word today, yesterday's word, listen to it again and again, get it in your spirit and begin to declare it. I'm walking by the gift of faith. I'm walking by the gift of faith. I will see miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, love you, Mackenzie, and wonders. Say it every day. Sister Doucette, Winona. I'm walking by the gift of faith. I will see miracles, signs, and wonders. And step out. You have to, I like what dad said today. You have to take uh, action steps. You have to take action steps. It's not just something that falls on you. It doesn't just happen by default. You got to take action steps. And so uh, I hope you took notes How today. How do they find your podcast, the lady said? Uh, you can search on any podcast platform. My name, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. You'll find it on Spotify. You'll find it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Anchor, you, you find it anywhere. Anywhere there's podcasts, you'll find the podcast. And then you can listen to it, subscribe. Uh, we have so much content on there. We put new ones up every Monday through Friday, every single day, Monday through Friday. So it'll bless you. Don't forget the new kids, uh, all the new kids stuff is up today, miraclewordkids.com. Brand new video, brand new downloadable Bible study. Alex and Maddie talking about the subject of joy. Uh, for your children. And don't forget, we're in the midst of uh, 90 days of reading the entire Bible through 90 days Bible study. Uh, you can join us. It's not too late. We're reading the Bible in 90 days, starting the year right. 
Go to miracleword.com forward slash study. You can download the plan for free. And on top of that, we have other videos on that page that'll help you in your Bible study. And so it's going to be great. We love you guys so much. Thanks for hanging with us today. Tomorrow, got a special guest coming to hang with me. It's a surprise. You're not going to want to miss it. 1030 a.m. I love you. And then Friday morning, my wife, it is not. Friday morning, we have my wife and my mom are going to be together on the broadcast Friday morning, 1030. Uh You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be awesome. We love you. Have a powerful day. We'll see you again tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Have a great one. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.